Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis. Well, hey, friends. Hi. All right, cool. Hey. Uh, how do you guys like those, uh, this is my favorite invitational life stories that you've been seeing? Those are pretty cool. So we have something uh, really cool this weekend that I'm actually going to ask you to participate in, and that is you all have a really powerful, this is my favorite invitational life story uh, that's hidden in there, and we would love to capture that. So we have a booth in the little uh, vestibule nook thing, majig, whatever you want to call that, out there. I don't even know how to explain it. I didn't think about how to explain this. If you go straight out and look to your left as you leave, past the first wall, uh, there is a little spot that says, it's a curtain up there. Pop in the curtain, have a seat, and we'd love to just capture from you what is your favorite invitational life story. And uh, maybe that's with a whole group of you. So make sure you take advantage of that after the service, during the service. Um, if it's really bad in a minute, you can just get up and I'll know that's where you're going. <laughs> Let me just go tell my story. This isn't working out very well. Uh, so we've been going through this book. It's called This Invitational Life. If you haven't picked up on that, if you've been here a handful of weeks, uh, you've watched as we've worked our way through this book. Uh, and we're to the section in the book called Relate. And to me, this is one of the most difficult parts about this invitational life. Uh, and that is... How do we like actually relate to people? It sounds good. Like, yeah, I understand what this, this faith community is about. I understand what this, excuse me a second. I understand what this church is about. Uh, and uh, that all sounds great and stuff like that. But you're not living in my life. You're not hanging out with the people that I'm hanging out with. Um, and you don't know what it's like to actually try to relate with them or give an invitation for them to come to a faith community. Like a, a little bit of hands off. And I've been experiencing this a lot personally as I've been having this conversation in my community group. And I'm a real person too. I have neighbors. I live with people uh, and do real life with them and see what this process actually looks like in the world we live in. So there's a couple things we know, right? And I'm going to ask you a question. The first thing, everybody knows this. You know what a donkey is, right? Everyone can pretty much explain. Raise your hand if you could explain to someone what a donkey is. So some of you don't know. (laughs) We'll talk afterwards about what a donkey is. Uh, everybody knows what an American is. You could explain to somebody what an American is. Everybody knows what a president is. Uh, you could explain, explain that to somebody else. Don't have a conversation about that side note uh, later. Um, and we all know what a comedian is. You could explain to somebody what a comedian is. But one of the words I think that we struggle with uh, when it, it comes to relating with people is a Christian, Right? If I circled you up in the groups of 10 here this morning, and I said, hey, answer that question, what is a Christian? I bet you eight out of the 10 answers are going to be totally different, right? We lack clarification. We're like, ah, uh, what? I don't, I think this is, this is kind of mine. And then we start feeding off each other. Like, yeah, what they said sounds good, but what they sounds good, but like, I would add this or like, I'm not totally that, but kind of this. If you divide up in those groups, you wouldn't get the same 10 answers. The same thing is if somebody walked up to you, Let's say they did. They walked up to you and said, hey, this is a weird question, but it just happens. Hey, are you a Christian? <laughs> right? Immediately, what would some of your answers be? It'd be, it'd vary. Some of you would say yes, but some of you would say, um, well, like, what do you mean? When someone would say that to you, hey, are you a Christian? What do you mean? What are you asking me? Some of you would say yes, but uh, some of you would say yes, but not one of those Christians. Uh, some of you would even say no, 
uh, but this is what I am, or I'll explain that more clarifying. So you can see that this is something already that creates this struggle when it comes to relating with people. Some of you just don't even like the word Christian. You don't like what you've grown up and known as Christians, and you've come up with your own definition, so I gave it to you. I'm going to go through it. Christian to you is judgmental, homophobic moralists who think they're the only ones going to heaven and secretly relish the fact that everyone else is going to hell. You know these people. (laughs) Some of you feel that way or you've grown up that way, and that's the definition that you have found and understood. Some of you have grown up with this idea of Christian, you've understood that you're the true brand or the the church, right? So if you grew up Catholic, you, you are the church. And I am the church, and the Protestants would say, like, you're not the church, you're not like the, the only church, we are the, capital C, church. Some of you have grown up in other areas where um, you've discovered things where people are uh, 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 misinterpreting or changing, I'm just going to say, the translations uh, of, of scripture or understanding it, of this is just where I live, this is fundamentally where I'm at, and The Ten Commandments are commandments, they're not principles, and this is what the Bible says about this, so this is just what it's going to be. We are the true brand. We go to church on Sunday morning, we go to church on Sunday night, we go to church on Wednesday, and we have a potluck on Thursday. We are God's people, chosen specifically. Baptists, that's who you are. (laughs) And here's the thing. When it comes down to this, what we struggle when it comes to the word and relating to people, when it comes to Christians, is when we look at it, it's really hard to define. When we look at the Bible, the word Christian only appears three times. Some of you are going to be like, wait a minute, this isn't true. We're a Christian. It only appears three times in the entire Bible. And so when it comes to this idea of we're Christians, it's really difficult because we'd open up the Bible and be like, let me see exactly what this is to be a Christian, what it looks like. And the difficult part is you're just not going to find it. See, Christian, the word Christian was actually gave, given to this group of people that were the followers of Jesus, which became known as the follower of the way, right? Christian was never a term that they used to describe one another. It was a term that was given to them, right? And it wasn't a good term. It was a term that people looked at this group of people. You all kind of do the same thing. You like the same thing. You look the same thing. You're acting the same. So you're, nah, right? And so a bunch of people got together and said, nah, and that's what we're going to call you. I'm not going to name a bunch of them, but it's like redneck, right? This is a group of people, redneck. It's not necessarily a good word. I'm not going to use a bunch of examples because someone in here will get offended. Uh, <laughs> Christian was that. It was this thing that was like not, ugh, Right? Uh, and it was off to the side. And this is how, uh, this is what's turned Christianity, where it has so many different facets. It's so difficult to explain um, because that's what it was looked at. Like, hey, you can be Christian to do anything. You can go to war as a Christian. You can act however you want to act as a Christian because we've taken these facets of Christianity because there's not definition and it's just how we're relating to people. And it turns into this giant mess, which creates distance, which says, I can't relate to you. The three times that it was used, uh, Christian, uh, in the Bible, was one time it was talking about um, the Antioch, the church Antioch, they started calling them the Christians, like, those are the Christians. The other time was Peter was talking about how they were were, um, persecuting 
uh, people as Christians, so it was a bad thing, like this outsiders looking in like, oh, those Christians. And the other one, the third one was Paul. He was talking to a king, and he's like, whoa, 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 you're not trying to make me one of those Christians, are you? Right? So this was a demeaning term, not uh, a good term that was celebratory, right? But they did use a word to explain themselves and to talk about who they were. You jumped way ahead of me. I'm, my feelings are hurt right now. Go back. <laughs> It's that word. <laughs> I was, I had this big buildup. <laughs> Thanks for going back. <laughs> I gotta keep, I don't know where it went. Okay, hold on. So, there was a word, it's a secret word. <laughs> They used to describe themselves. They called one another this word. This is what, who they were. And it's a really, really scary word because it has explicit definitions. It's very zoned in. Christian, this word. I'm about to tell you what it is. <laughs> it was super difficult. In the New Testament, they used this very, very specific term when they describe these people. And it is disciple. <laughs> oh, man. I hope that happens next service. <laughs> disciple, that's a really difficult word. This is what they used to describe each other. Like, you're a disciple, you're a disciple. Because it was so narrow, it described who they were and what they were asked to be. And if you look in the New Testament, you find it all over the place. You find massive clarity in what disciple is, right? The same translation as it was in the Greek is the same as it is in the English, which is, we all can know what this is. A disciple is a learner, they're adherent, they're a follower, they're uh, an apprentice, uh, a disciple is really one of those, I'm going to follow whatever you do. Hey, what do you do um, when it comes to making those type of decisions? Oh, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Hey, what do you do when it comes to treating uh, your family in this? Oh, okay, that's how I'm going to treat my family when it comes to this. Hey, what do you do with your finances and how are you generous? Okay, that's how I'm going to be generous and use my finances. Hey, what do you do when you're trying to make a decision? Oh, Okay, that's what I'm going to do when I'm making a decision. A disciple is, is, is very down here. You know exactly what it is. And we're afraid of this term, right? Christian is way up here. We're like, what does that mean? I'm not sure what you want me to be. What do you want me to be as a Christian? But a disciple is how we relate to someone. So the question is, are we disciples or are we just Christian? So Jesus talks about this really specifically at the end of uh, his journeys in Jerusalem. He's at this last Passover. Um, he's actually hanging out with 11. Judas has already taken off to betray him. He's on his way, and he's like, well, here we go. I'm about to leave you all and leave you be. It's kind of like if you've had kids and you send them off, you're like, hey, the time is short. I got one last two things for you. No, your mom had one, so that's three things. Four things I need to tell you before you go. Six things you need to understand before you go off on your own, right? So he's saying, so it's the same situation. Jesus is sitting here. He's with his group of disciples. And we see in John 13, 33, are hanging out. And he says this, my children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now where I am going, you cannot come. And Peter pipes up, you know, this is what he's thinking. He's like, whoa, time out. I'm a disciple. Uh, where are you going? Because that's where I'm going. What do you mean we can't follow you? And he's like, huh, hold on. Listen to this whole thing. This is what I need you to grasp because it's happening. It's coming down. It's going on tonight. 
Uh, and so I want to walk you through this. This is the thing I have for you. And so he continues on. He says, a new command I give you. New, like this is exciting, another way to look at it. This thing that's happening, like it's just a little different than what I've told you before. A new command I give to you. A new command I give you to love one another. And John's sitting there going like, eh, that's not new. You've told us that a couple times. I, I, have you heard that before? I've heard that before. That's not new. Okay, so we're following you. This is your last thing, right? A new command I give to you, to love one another as I have loved you. Oh, so you must love one another. Well, 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 wait a minute. What exactly does that mean? This is the thing that I want you to know, guys. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Uh, Matthew, Matthew, do you remember um, when we first met? Yeah, yes, Jesus. Matthew, do you remember um, that you were like, you were like a traitor and like nobody liked you and you're this bad person? Yeah, and what did I do? You loved me, like you welcomed me, you accepted me. And, and Peter, John, Peter and John, what did you think of Matthew? We didn't like him. And we were like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. What did I do? You, you loved him. Uh-huh. And where did we go after we met Matthew? <sighs> we went to his house. Okay, and what did we do? You threw a party with all of his sinner friends. <laughs> right. Huh? John pipes up. Yeah, we were hanging out with the people my mama told me not to hang out with. <laughs> we were in there hanging out. He's like, uh-huh, right? And what did we do? You loved him. They were welcome at your table. You ate with them. You broke food with them. They were yours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, well, how about this one? Nathaniel, what about you? Hold on, guys. Not many of you guys know this about Nathaniel, but Nathaniel, what about you? What happened? Um, you know, your brother's here, eyewitness. What happened when he came and told you about me? Oh, he's hanging his head. I'll tell you what Nathaniel said. Nathaniel said, when his brother came up to him and said, you gotta, you gotta come here, the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, he's here with us. And what did you, what did you say? What did you say? I'm not telling you, Jesus. I'm not gonna do it. What did you say? I'll tell everybody. He said, nothing good can come from Nazareth. You, uh, like, just dissed my entire family, Nathan. And what did I do? You welcomed me in. You scooped me up. You said, hey, come follow me. You loved me. That's right. Hey, guys, how about this one? Do you remember that, like, vampire sermon I gave where I was like, you're going to eat my body, you're going to drink my blood, and everyone started bailing, and you wanted to bail too, and you're like, I just want to disappear in the crowd. I don't know who you are and what's going on, and I knew it. I knew you were done with me. What did I do? You forgave me. You welcomed me back in. You loved me. Right. Right. Love one another, as I have loved you, as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And this, by this, everyone will know. By this, everyone's going to know. Hang on to this guy. Because by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. That you are my disciples. And just to clean it all up in case they missed it, if you love one another, on the front end and the back end, you're going to know, people are going to know me, they're going to understand who you are, what you follow, what you do, 
if you love one another. And this goes especially for us Christians. Yes, I'm talking to you. <laughs> uh, Christian, love one another. If you could just do that, if we could just get this one thing right, we, we might never have had some wars, right? We might not definitely be in a civil wars or the, the specific types of wars that we're in in this day and age if we just loved one another. And so when it comes to relating with people, we have to not be Christians. We have to try to knock that down, and I understand fully how difficult it is to get rid of that and what that means and what that carries with it, all the baggage. And we need to be disciples and love one another. This whole idea, and it talks about in the book, of Jesus plus something, right? So people are disciples, but they're walking along, and they're like, hey, you should do this because um, I think Jesus is cool, plus who are you voting for, Right? Are you Jesus plus Trump? Are you Jesus plus Hillary? Right? Well, I'm poking at the bull right now. <laughs> it's Jesus plus something. It's Jesus plus um, you need to have it all together now. Right? It's Jesus plus you can't be depressed. It's Jesus plus um, you got to get everything together. It's Jesus plus you can't struggle with something. That's how I know that you're a disciple. That's how you're a Christian. And people see that and they're like, whoa. I can't relate right now. That doesn't, I can't, I, I can't grasp that because, you know, you're sitting here, you're sitting here. It's Jesus plus your thing, Jesus plus your thing. Jesus plus all this other bags that you're carrying. You got the like, double carry-ons and you're posting it up. Jesus plus this. And Jesus, this last thing said, check it, guys. This is the last thing I need to hang, hang with you. It's me plus nothing. That's it. Jesus plus nothing. And that is the most difficult thing for us to do, and that's what keeps us from relating with people, right? You know this already. You already feel like you're fighting through it because you know somebody else who's around you or in a neighborhood or even is sitting near you, (laughs) next to you, and they got their Jesus plus this is their thing. If you don't got this, if you you know, then then nope, no Jesus for you. It's Jesus (laughs) plus this equals you're okay in my book, right? And there's so many people, you're like, I can't even relate to them. I can't like, seem to break through that wall that's been built up that somebody else used bricks for. Jesus was carried on a donkey. Remember, we all know what that is? Was carried on a donkey on the way into Jerusalem. He was carried into our lives to make his sacrifice for us on a donkey. A donkey carried him there. I'm going to say something right now because I think it's something that you will remember and not forget about this message. You need to be the jackass that carries Jesus into someone's life. I'm just, you need to be the donkey that carries Jesus into someone's life. The donkey didn't have anybody but Jesus on his back. That's all he had. Nothing else. And then he said, now, Jesus, you can plus whatever you want to plus because out of this, the fruit that comes from this, and it's a process, and he understood that. So who are you relating to? What does that look like? Well, let me talk about this other really silly thing. We talked about this, like promptings and whispers. What is a whisper, right? What is a whisper? Whisper 
is the Holy Spirit that's been given to you. Because when Jesus left, he said, something better is coming. I'm not just going to stand here as me, walking around. I'm going to be in each of you, and you're going to be given this even closer. Think of it like stacking chairs. I've used this analogy before. You can sit here, and Jesus can sit right next to you. Jesus says, no, 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 I'm going to stack the chair. I'm going to be in you. We're hanging out together. I'm with you. I'm guiding you. I'm directing you. And I'm whispering. I'm whispering. Whispers are the people that you need to relate to. How many of you guys have ever uh, had a situation where you're like, man, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just somebody came on my heart, right? Just somebody popped in my head, and I was like, ah. Or something and said something like, you should do this, right? And it was like, or it solved an idea. And I'm talking about it right now, right? And you're like, wow, that was brilliant. I don't know why I didn't think about it. But I did think about that. But I don't know if I did think of that because maybe it was just me processing that with someone. Myself. Not myself. A whisper, right? A whisper. That person that you know right now is in your workplace or your neighbor that's hurting or doesn't have Jesus plus nothing in their life, that hasn't had someone carry Jesus into their life, is being whispered to you. Is being whispered to you. So how do you relate to them? You be a disciple. You love them. And what does that look like? It's long, arduous, intentional, relational work. I have never experienced personally one of those, hey, I just met you. You should come to church. You're going to meet Jesus. And then they show up with me, and then they throw their hands up, and then they come up here, and they get baptized, and they're like, woo, just gave my life to the Lord. Thanks for saying that to me. Never happened in my life. (laughs) Some of you it may have. Because here's the deal. I still carried Jesus into their life, and he did the rest of the work, right? He got on the ground zero and did his thing. But what I have experienced dozens of times is intentionally being in the lives of people and not being anyone different and being consistent and being constant. And when I get a whisper from God, I attack it. It's as simple as like I get a whisper from God, I just got to say it. It's not your job to change him. It's your job to carry him on in there. Uh, My intentional life story, one of my favorite ones was uh, a guy at In-N-Out. I was on a diet. I'm not even kidding. I didn't know. It was protein style. There's no cheese. There's no, uh, the, the some other stuff was wrapped in lettuce. It was delicious. I'm hungry right now. Um, <laughs> but I decided I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do all my meetings here. I'm going to meet these people. I'm going to understand who they are. And I'm be intentional about a relationship with them. Two years it took of me getting to know Gil and inviting Gil every once in a while. Hey, we got another thing. No big deal. If you want to come check it out, it'd be super cool. Until two years later, he finally came. He came on an Easter service with his family because there was an egg hunt that we were doing. And I said, you should bring your kids because there's an egg hunt. He's like, I don't know. And he had Easter off, and he came. And then he came again, and he came to my community group, and he wasn't there yet. And I kept hanging with him. And I kept whispering, like, don't let him go just because he showed up. Now don't get out of the way. Walk with him in your life. And Gil's life changed. His family's changed. But it was long, and it was intentional, and it was arduous. Listening to a whisper. I listened to a whisper a couple years ago. We were doing a student ministry event, um, and I got um, a, a, a brain mold. <laughs> I wanted to make brain jello, so the kids thought they were eating brains. I was going to make it look like it. it was going to be super cool in my head. And uh, I ordered it from Amazon. Amazon sent it to the, my old address, 
right, in Benicia. So I was like, oh, man, I need this tonight. And I was like stuck on this whole, I got to have this brain thing. I couldn't just like let it go. So I rolled up there, left the truck running on the thing, walked up there, knocked on the door. Lady answered the door. Um, she answered it. She had just stubbed her toe. So it got answered with a bad word. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, gosh, hey, I'm Larry. No Girl Scout cookies. Uh, and I was like, oh, I don't know if you know this, uh, but I, I, uh, I, did you get an Amazon package? No, I don't think so. Oh, man, you would have known. It was like a, a brain mold. She's like, oh, yeah. Side note, I don't know why you open other people's mail, but no. <laughs> but I was like, oh, yeah, totally cool. And she's like, yeah, it was really weird. Here, I got it. And I got my brain mold. I literally started walking away. Like, oh, cool. In a whisper. <laughs> Larry, you were just here. Why don't you just at least throw it out there? Or she's got kids. Or they can come. I don't want to do this. My truck is still running. <laughs> so I turned around. And I said, hey, so you know I got this brain mold? You got any kids? Yeah, I got some kids. Middle schoolers? Yeah, I got middle schoolers. <sighs> Serious. Okay, so they're going to eat brains. <laughs> I know, crazy, right? Uh, invited them to church. Kids came. She ended up coming. Years later, uh, some, some, uh, 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 they made, sometime they made a decision and uh, got to baptize her and her son and her daughter and her boyfriend. Um, but it was intentional, and it was intentional because of listening to the whisper. And all I did was love. I didn't say, you got to do this. I didn't say, hey, I'm the pastor. <laughs> uh, it was following a whisper. And some of you say, well, I think that's my gut. Nope. It's not. It's a whisper. So friends, when we relate to people, listen to the whisper. And why? Why does God whisper? Why doesn't he just say it? God whispers because God is close. Would you bow your heads? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California. You may